This is the Mountain Vision Podcast, where we share our obsession with hunting in the outdoors and talk waterfowl and big game hunting. Whether we're waterfowl hunting in the Sacramento Valley with the Sutter Buttes as our backdrop, or deer hunting in the Sierras, one thing is for certain, our vision of the mountains is a hard one to shake. Listen along as I interview outdoorsmen that have inspired me, and you might find inspiration from them as well. Hey, what's happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Mountain Vision Podcast. On, on today's episode, I sat down and talked to Kyle Sibley. Uh, go check him out on Instagram at Kyle underscore Sibley. And then his other page is Sibley Skullworks. Uh, and that's his, his skull cleaning and whitening business that he has. So if you're interested in getting a Euro mount done, um, go to that page. You can see his phone number right at the front page of that Instagram um, account. And uh, hit him up if you're interested in, in him uh, getting a Euro mount all dialed in for you. It looks like he does really good, clean work. So if I ever actually kill something, I'll uh, send it his way as well. <laughs> but uh, anyways, you could tell Kyle's just a real real down-to-earth guy. Um, tons of knowledge when it comes to hunting in the outdoors. And um, you can tell he's got his priorities straight when it comes to family and hunting. Um Actually, he's a new dad, so congrats to him again on that. And um, like I said, as far as his priorities, like I, he's already kind of talking about, you know, um, just prioritizing his hunts and his time in the field to make sure that he can make the most out of it and and, and still be there for his family. Um, and this is something I could kind of relate to as being as a parent, you know. So, anyways, um, like I said, Kyle seems like a really good dude, uh, really knowledgeable. Uh, in this conversation, we kind of go over his his season last year and the success that he had and some of his stories. And then um, we dove into uh, his his season this year as well, which is already off to a good start. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you guys do as well. And uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Where are you at? Uh, I'm at a Lincoln. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. How about Not you? Not too far away. I'm in Vacaville. Oh, okay, yeah, not, that's not far at all. Yeah. Right on. Shit, well, first of all, congratulations on fatherhood. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah dude. She's, uh, it's It's crazy. Can't even explain it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I, I got three three daughters of my own, so I know what you mean. <laughs> oh, man, that yeah. sounds like a handful. <laughs> dude, it is, man. If, yeah, I, I've said it before, and I'll, I'll probably keep saying it. I, if... It, my only advice is just stop at two. <laughs> that's that's our plan, man. We yeah. uh, we we want to. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens when we get there and how work and life is and all that. But the plan is two for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Everybody has the, like their own limits. I know. I mean, obviously, I love my third third to death, but yeah, two is two is like manageable, and then when you get to three, it's just chaotic. <laughs> chaos <laughs> yeah dude but i mean i wouldn't trade it but yeah i just try to give everybody the head the fair heads up like dude once you get to three it's it's insane <laughs> that's i don't know three is crazy are they pretty close together in age or? uh well i got my oldest is not or is she 10 now no my oldest is nine and then uh second one's four and my in my third one's uh two okay so spread them out a little bit yeah yeah not too bad that's 
Hell yeah, dude. Hashtag girl dad. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> no one, uh, no one tells you how tired you're gonna be. That's the uh, or how much everyone says you're gonna lose sleep, but that shit's real when it happens. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of funny. It's like you just kind of have to pretty much learn on your own. I was telling my wife the other day. I'm like, man, no one. I feel like nobody gave us a fair heads up on like how hard it really was gonna be with, you know, three kids or whatever parenthood yeah. in general. <laughs> Yeah, so they just tell you, oh, you're going to lose some sleep, or you're going to be tired. Like, man, I haven't slept for more than four or five hours straight since she was born. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just no one told me it was going to be like that. So yeah. it's like, that's a form of torture. It's cool. But I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah, the only, uh, yeah, there was a period there where my wife would lose, like, tons of sleep. Like, she had straight up, like, sleep deprivation for a while. So as long mm-hmm. as as long as you like recognize that and like help her out like when she's you know when she's like sleep deprived and she can't even function anymore just try to balance that out so you guys help each other and then it, it usually usually get through the night. <laughs> we're doing well now. The baby she's pretty good now. We got her uh, we're kind of lightweight sleep training her. So she's she's only getting up once now in the middle of the night. Okay. Which is nice. Yeah. Um yeah, she goes about five hours at nighttime without eating now. So, right on. Uh, but yeah, I took all twelve weeks off uh, for family paid family leave for FMLA. Oh yeah, nice. So I've just been at home forever. I go back August thirtieth. So, oh okay, damn, it makes it easy on everyone. Yeah, that's nice, man. Helps yeah. helps the hunting season too. Yeah, no shit, right? I, that was well planned, man. Yeah, seriously. Uh, that was a. Uh, I planned on uh, no babies during deer season. Yeah. Um, no wedding. No weddings during deer season. None of that shit. Yep. <laughs> I know my. So. Thir- yeah, I did the same thing. My third is in September, beginning of September. So. Uh. <laughs> oh, dude. But yeah. So, uh, so, did you? Uh, so what do you do for work? Uh, I'm a, a refinery a process operator out at a Shell Oil Refinery, Martinez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've been out there for, like, yeah, just a little over six years now. Okay. Is that like when you're going south on 680 off to the right right there? Yeah, you cross the bridge and it's on the right side. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right on. <clears throat> yeah, what about you? I'm an electrician or electrical project manager now. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's not too bad. I've been working from home lately, so. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not too bad. But. Right on. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know what, I don't know what you want to, what you want to cover today. I I know we kind of briefly talked about it texting. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, let's just cover your last season and like maybe uh, this, your, your season this year, maybe some taxidermy stuff. But then I was like. (coughs) I started really like digging in just through social media, looking at your l- last year, and I'm like, dude, you got like freaking ten animals. That I- <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, how many hours is this gonna go on for? So no, we can just talk about some deer hunting, man. That's dude, I'm I'm big on deer hunting. That's like my my uh, my bread and butter. That's what I love to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I do a lot of like at least this last year. I guess I had some extra cash, dude. So I went on <laughs> killed a bunch of those fucking high fence rams and. Yeah. bunch of pigs and yeah, yeah i was just getting after it before the baby got here that's cool though dude is that pretty much you pretty much do all archery when you do that 
Yeah, it's it's too it's too easy with the rifle, man. Honestly, yeah. uh, I don't want to. You know, a lot of guys don't tell the whole story. I'm not going to make it something it's not. You know what I mean? They're yeah. high fence animals. They're not fucking getting away from you. Um, for yeah. a new hunter or someone like that that wants to learn hunting and shooting and just get some trigger time. Yeah, absolutely. Bring a gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, if you've got a, a few animals under your belt, it's a great way to get some uh, some trigger time with a bow too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's great for building confidence. Yep, that's kind of what I was thinking. Just a confidence builder. Yeah, and it's it's a blast, man, to get a group of guys together and do something like that. Everyone's successful, and there's not a lot of pressure. So yeah, it's what a do, good time. What does something like that cost? Out of curiosity. Uh, it ranges, man. So I, I'm, I go with Hans from West Coast Archery out in Petaluma. Oh yeah. So he goes. He's got a good deal with uh, Clay uh, that runs Better Water Outfitters. Yep. And it's basically any ram is six fifty, and then any pig is seven fifty um, okay. on the ranch. And then, I, but I prefer to hunt with Clay uh, Avila down at it's Frontier Hunting now. He changed his name. Oh yeah. But it, it was Avila's Guided Hunts for a while okay um i've become pretty good friends with him man but uh, he runs a first class operation on wild pigs and his rams but he's pricey okay I think, uh, he's in like 900 bucks for a pig and then the same for a ram okay uh, but trophy quality and opportunity and you're hunting 100 percent wild pigs when you go with the villa oh um, really I, yeah I, I highly recommend him man i've should have been with him like four times now, three or four times, and I've taken just me and a buddy, or me and nine other guys, and we've all been successful every time. He, he will work his ass off for you to get you on the animals. Right on. Yeah, I like hunting with him, man. He, he runs a good outfit. Yeah, actually, I might, I might do that, dude. Uh, it, it would be good for me right now. I've had like a dry spell for two years, and I haven't shot shit, so except for ducks, so. <laughs> So I'm like definitely, dude. With your uh, bow hunting, yeah, will get you on the pigs, man. Have you killed a pig with your bow yet? No, I. So I've only been shooting my bow for a year and a half now. I haven't shot anything with it except for targets. Oh yeah, you need to. Uh, it's a target-rich environment, man. Very rarely do I go with him and don't see fifty plus pigs a day, man, or more, a hundred pigs. Even. Oh really? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's it's a good time, and uh, he's. He's getting really good about the bow hunters, man. He was a little new to archery hunting when I first started going with him, like twenty three years ago. Yeah, but uh, he's he's got the drill down now, man. He'll, he'll get you right in on him. Nice. Is, is that down like in uh, San Luis Obispo or something? Something down there? He's he's in Paso Robles. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive, dude, but it's it's worth it. I mean, he's a little pricier than some other guys, but it's it's just unreal, man. I've never seen another property like it. Nice. Yeah, I might have to check it out. Yeah. Like you Definitely. said, it'd be f- fun to, it. Yeah, sounds like it would be kind of just fun to get some friends together and go do something like that, too. That's what we do, man. Bring, like, ten guys down there, man. Clay makes a shitload of money, and we kill 15, <laughs> 20 animals, man. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like fun, man. Shit, so so speaking of speaking of deer, um, d- did you... Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you did the... I know you've been, I know you've been friends with Andy and... Anthony for a while, so I didn't know if you if you guys already like talked about your last season or not. No, Andy keeps trying to get me to do it, but his he's like a gypsy man. Dude. Can't ever nail down a time to talk to him. Dude, he is one busy guy, huh? 
Yeah, he's. Uh, I've been out to his place a couple times. He's been picking up some some skulls for me here and there. Okay. Got down and bullshit with him, but to actually pin him down for a couple hours and do the podcast or whatever, it's yeah. uh, it's been hard. So he's like a nomad. Yeah, as I say, he's like a gypsy <laughs> dude. He's got no home. <laughs> dude like lately i've been thinking like dude andy is like like the rock star of of like the the hunting world around here anyways like he's just he just travels he's on the road he's just like doing all these but like it looks like he's partying with his pictures of his like like on the birch barrel barbecuing and shit with flames in the back yeah right with, his, with his flip-flop yeah yeah dude it's funny no andy's a good have you dude. got a chance to try that yet no man and i really want to i need to get a you got to make it out this way one time man one of his barbecues or something yeah yeah that'd be a blast good stuff yeah i was thinking about doing something yeah at some point i don't know like if i we were we i don't know we want to put a pool in next year maybe so i was thinking about like starting to have like maybe once a year having like a wild game barbecue over here with a bunch of people and like having andy like show me how to do a flip-flop or something i don't know doing something it'd be kind of fun yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But Yeah, so you uh so last year, did you get a did you get a buck with your bow last year? Or just I did not. The last year was the first year I did not hunt A zone. I had an X tag and a B tag. Okay. And uh I was working a whole we had emergency shutdown at work, so I was working a whole bunch during archery season of B zones. So I didn't get to hunt that. Okay. And I just made it up for rifle, so right on. Um, and, and I did not kill a deer in B zone last year. But okay, I saw you, you yeah, look like you killed one in that X zone, though, right? Yeah, the wrong deer. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was tagged out by seven in the morning on opening day with the wrong buck. So, so that's a good story. We can get into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, dude, let's embarrass <laughs> you a little bit on that one. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, I was no, reading. I, I was reading know, that story earlier on your. Yeah, I was happy to have a ta- or have fill the tag, but that was kind of a slap in the face. I actually drew that same unit, dude. It's a it's a five point unit, uh huh, with a bow. Oh, okay. And uh, I drew that same unit the year before. Oh, really? So I had it all scouted out. You know what I mean? I worked my ass off the year before. I did not connect with the bow, and I fucking I knew like rifle season. Yeah, so rifle season, I was gonna have it all figured out. You know, I knew where all the deer were. Um, then I shoot a forked horn at seven thirty on opening morning. And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, I did. Uh, but yeah, I took I took Brian Taylor last year too. That was uh, his Exxon Buck same unit. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. I talk, yeah, actually, I haven't talked to him in a little while, but I talked to him a couple months ago or so. But yeah, it looked like it looked like a decent buck though. Like, it looked like a, he only had a day to hunt. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I had one day, and I had been archery hunting. I think I put in like seven or ten days during archery season, plus a bunch of scouting. Yeah. And I actually missed the buck he shot with my bow. And, uh, um, yeah, I just I, I knew where those deer were going to be. So opening morning, we set them up on the same hill. I'd been glassing all archery season, and the same bucks came out in the same spot. And we ran down the hill, and he shot what I thought was the most mature deer. He, he was didn't have the most you know the best rack there were some smaller four-pointers and shit in there but he he was the oldest deer i think okay so it was good we were done early in the morning and he could go home and do his thing and 
I got some fulfillment out of that. I got to see one of the deer I scouted get shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. What, you went, that was, was that August or, actually that was probably September or October, huh? Rifle season was October, yeah. I hunted yeah. it during August. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. then you went to, and then you ended up going to Colorado that last year, right? That was, did I have Colorado last year? Or was that? I went to Colorado last year. I'm talking about the year before. Now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are gotcha. you recording right now or not? <laughs> yeah, I just started recording when I when I called you. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, some of that all right. dropped call shit I might have to cut out because... Oh, it's all good. Yeah, no, so I, I hunted that in, not last year, but the year before with a bow. I took Brian, same X-Zone. He was able to connect. And then the following year, I had a, a, a good family friend that actually got diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh, wow. And uh, he had a lot of points built up, but he was afraid he wasn't going to be able to use them, you know, in the near future. Yeah. And uh, I, I I was pretty familiar with the unit at that point. So uh, I told him, like, if you want to go get on some deer, I'm pretty sure we can get it done fairly easy. I'm not saying there's going to be monsters, you know, but we can go out and shoot a public land deer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we split his point with him and his son and his brother, and we all threw and uh, went out there. And um, same thing, same area that I'd scouted archery season two years prior. Uh, we all hiked up on that same ridge, and it's the same deer, man, same group of deer come come working out uh, down the ridge below us, and we move in on them. And, um his son had actually never killed a deer before, right? So um, I took him first to let's go get on these bucks. So me and Kason, his, his son, we moved in on these deer. We got to like 400 yards, and uh, which we'd been practicing all summer. I'd taken his, his son out to the range and got him dialed out to like five or 600 yards or something. Yeah. And uh, got him laid down on the pack, a solid rest. These deer weren't, weren't moving real fast or nothing. They were just kind of working their way below us and, get on the deer and there's two forkies and a three point and the three point's a pretty good buck he's out past his ears he's a solid deer um so i'm telling case all right man just get on the three pointer take your time take a deep breath and just squeeze it as you exhale man and we're all there together and uh he goes goes ahead and takes the shot and fucking the wrong deer drops so that was the beginning of the wrong deer yeah. <laughs> right? So he, he ends up shooting a big forking horn um, for his first deer. But we're all excited. He got a deer. It's awesome. We all got to be there together for that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. I watched the smaller forky and the three pointer go back the direction they came from down into this real thick, like sage choked canyon. Yep. And uh, we work our way over to his buck, and I never saw those two bucks come out. So I told those guys, like, hey, you guys get this. Uh, start working on getting them boned out and stuff. And uh, I'm going to take a look over this ledge down in this canyon to see if I can't see those bucks down in there. They didn't look too spooked. So I start creeping my way down in there and uh, it's nice and slow, moving around. I don't, I'm not spooking nothing. Still hunting through it. The sage is probably like waist to chest high. And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden I look over and that little fork, he's staring right at me at 50 yards. He's bedded down. Yeah. So I got right, I got right in on him, man. So I just, 
I slowly take my backpack off because I know that three-pointer's got to be nearby. And uh, I slowly take my backpack off and sit down on my ass, and I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the three-pointer to stand up somewhere. I haven't put eyes on him yet, dude. And I probably, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds goes by, and both deer just erupt out of their beds and start running down the ridge line. And they're probably, I don't know, 75 or 100 yards by the time I got them in the scope. And I thought I had it on the right deer, and I pulled the trigger, dude, and the deer goes down. And I'm pumped. I thought I shot the right deer. And then when I take my eye out of the scope and look up on the ridge line, I see the bigger buck standing there just looking at me. Yeah. And I see the little forking horn just flopping around there. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, what the hell? How did that? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I crisscrossed them up somehow coming through there and uh, ended up with a forked horn with my X zone tag <laughs> early <laughs> opening morning. Uh, it's all good, dude. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's, his, it's still a decent buck. Uh, yeah. It looks good. Size, yeah. Good I size body on him. Yeah. Gear. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't what I had in, had in mind for that. My second go around at that tag. Thought yeah. I was going to get a little redemption that time. Yeah, for sure. But we had two deer down within a close vicinity of each other, and we all got to pack them out together, and it was a good time, man. So I wouldn't trade that for anything with the some real good friends of mine. So Hell, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, and then uh, my other tag was a B-zone tag, like I had mentioned before. Yeah. Um, I have a B-zone every few years, not every year. Um, okay. And... Uh, the area that we hunt, it's pretty deep in there, man. I hunt one of the wilderness areas. Uh-huh. And it's it's like a seven-mile, seven-ish mile pack-in to where we set up our base camp. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, we don't we don't typically run into a lot of people, a few, a few other groups of people on horseback usually. Yep. But we pretty much have that area to ourselves for, shit, for the longest time now. And this year, opening morning rolls around. And I shit you not, dude, I'm I'm probably eight miles in from the trailhead, and I have, like, half a dozen guys within 500 yards of me. Oh, really? <laughs> on, the, on the same ridge line. Oh, this is fucking bullshit. You know, I didn't hike my ass off in here with this big-ass pack yeah. hunting around a bunch of other people. Yeah, no shit, huh? Um, <laughs> and it's just, they're like, there was no respect for other people's hunting area you know what i mean just yeah i don't know it kind of rubbed me the wrong way in there put a bad taste in my mouth bad experience <laughs> yeah well, especially when you're used to used to being out there alone and then yeah you know, like you said you put all that work just to get out there and just to be next to more people you're like what the hell dude <laughs> yeah it's pointless you know i could have done this from the truck <laughs> yeah um but uh it wasn't, there was, was there five of us in there. Two of us killed bucks. Um, two of my buddies did, so it wasn't a total loss. It did all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just over the next, I spent five the opening day and then four more days in there. And uh, never never glassed up a legal buck or anything like that. It was really slow, man. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, one of the slower years that I've spent in there, at least for opening week. There's a lot of people running around. I have to change something up next time. Yeah. Start expanding on different areas. Yeah, so what do you typically do for your... So, like, 
so obviously your first choice is like X zone, and then like, do you just every few years switch it up from like D zone to B zone or something? Or I, so I've never hunted D zone, man. It's not. I'm not. I'm not keeping secrets, man. I don't. You know, there's huge areas. D zone D three through five is a huge area. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, I've never hunted D three through five, but I did pick up a tag this year. Okay. Um. So I, I'm kind of changing things up a little bit, man. That area that I hunt, B-Zone, um, it's like a four-hour drive and a seven-mile hike to get in there. It's, it's a it's a haul just to get in there and even scout, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then with the kid having a baby now, you know, I got to kind of reel myself in a little bit. I can't spend as much time away from home, so. Yeah. Um, Especially B-Zones like- are a lot closer, you know. The drives are half the drive. Yep. Um, so I'm going to start, I'm kind of, I'm looking for the best area with the best trophy potential within like two, two and a half hours of my house. Yeah. And I think D2 through five is my best opportunity for that. Yeah. You know, so I think I can be way more effective scouting, um, closer to home. Yep. Yeah. Get, get out there more often and get to know areas a little bit more often than having to drive Yeah, I mean, further. you see all, all these guys. I mean, there's a few guys. Social media is a good place to look. But you find these guys on there that are consistently killing these big deer. They're not driving across the state to do it, most of them. You know, at least in California, you know. A lot of them are hunting within a couple hours of their home. Yep. And uh, so I, I'm going to make some changes. Yeah. I'm excited for that, looking at some new country. Yeah, it's fun checking out new areas, huh? Yeah, that's my plan for that. For uh, I'm sick of killing little deer, man. I've been hunting A-Zone. I always have an A-Zone tag every year. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, shit, I've been hunting there since, you know, my whole life, basically. Hell yeah. And uh, I'm just sick of killing small deer, that's all. I'm killing <laughs> enough for to eat some little three-pointers. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Time to move on. I'm sick of busting my ass in the hundred degree weather for these <laughs> smaller deer. And so, you know, I'm going to be spending time away from the family now. I want to make it worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I haven't hunted a zone yet. I the I think the heat and the rattlesnakes scare me too much. So <laughs> I haven't. But I don't know. I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago saying they run into rattlesnakes in in D zone all the time too. But I've never seen. Oh no, shit! We kill them up there, man. We kill them up at seven thousand feet. Oh really? Yeah. See, I never see yep. them up there. I mean, I expect them to be down in the foothills and stuff, but not. I've just never seen them up in the high country. Yeah, we uh, last year we killed three of them. All of them were probably over sixty-eight hundred feet. Wow. Huh. Uh, so they're there, but I don't know. I think probably not as many in the northern B zones, like up towards like. B6 and stuff like that, I don't think you run into them up high. I think they're lower B zones, kind of B1, B2. Okay. Uh, that might have something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. So when you, like, so now that you're going to look check out these new D zones, are you, like, you you do a lot of e-scouting, I'm sure, right? I do a ton of e-scouting, man. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, um, I'm still, I still got a lot of work to do. I'm... <laughs> I feel like every time I go out, dude, I make some kind of mistake, dude. I'll like e-scout the hell out of an area and then and then I'll get there and realize that I should have looked a little closer. 
<laughs> you know, like there's some popular hiking trail right where I right where I was, or like just some I don't know something that always I'm fucks it up. I'm finding a lot of that man in the D three to five areas that I've been looking. There's a lot of I mean it's just because I think you got Highway eighty fifty. 89 and 4 all cut through there. Yep. Um, there's there's a lot of popular hiking trails in there, you know? Yeah. PCT cuts through all of it. <laughs> uh, it's hard to get away from people in that in that in those zones is what I'm finding. I mean, there's wilderness areas and don't get me wrong, you can go up way high, but Yeah. Um there's still I think there's there's definitely more remote country in B zone. I'm used to that there's a ton of roadless areas in there, bigger wilderness areas. In B, B as in boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm still I'm trying to narrow down kind of the areas to look at for a D zone. Um, but yeah, you know I kind of have shit. I bet you I bet you I'm on my Onyx map and Google Google Earth like daily right now. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Just going over stuff, trying to figure out. You know, I kind of have a whole spiel that I go through. I'm trying to narrow down areas to hunt, what time of year it's going to be, where the animals are going to be. Really? Right on. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I kind of figure out if, uh, you know what I mean? you got to figure out if the deer you're hunting in, in that area are migratory. Yep. And then uh, if they are, at what point in their migration are they going to be when you're going to be there? Yeah. Um, and then what the food is you know what their browse is at that time of year uh-huh. and then you really narrow it down to like food water and cover right you got to find those three things within close proximity of each other yeah um and i don't know it's trying to narrow all that stuff down um then finding travel routes where the animals aren't exposed where they can get to from bedding cover to feed and then um what water is for that area. You know, there's a lot of places these deer don't even hit water. They get a lot of it from their brows. Yeah. So that's not even a factor. I know there's so much water up there, up in the Sierras too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it seems like in every little nook and cranny, there's a spring or something. We'll see what it looks like come both season, but yeah, it's coming up right now. There's a ton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are we two like a week and a half left or almost a week and a half. Yeah, something like that. I don't have any big plans for that. I, uh, I'm i more counting on I'll be scouting with a bow, and then I'll get after it during rifle season. I just don't know enough yet and haven't been able to spend the time. I've been, been at home with the baby, you know. Yep. Yeah, I was up last weekend. It was our anniversary, so we went up there and camped and picked up a trail camera and just shot our bows and stuff. But it was still pretty, I don't know, a lot of the streams had dried up, but, I mean, there's still a lot of water. Everything's still hella green and lush. Definitely. Yeah, I just I was trying to find some areas that I, I'm trying to avoid. I don't want to avoid, but closer to home, you know what I mean? Like, that was kind of my whole idea doing this. So not necessarily going all the way to the wilderness areas. Yeah. But uh, looking for some roadless country that looked good, had all those things, that food, water, cover, you know, at the right elevation. Yeah. Um. So that's I mean I'm trying I'm trying to find the needle in the haystack doing that but yeah I've got a few little areas to check out so nice 
uh, like I said, I'll be scouting with a bow, and then hopefully I'll hit it hard during rifle when the baby's a couple months older, you know. It'll be a little easier on the wife for me to get away for an overnighter here and there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you got to pick and choose your battles, so. <laughs> Definitely. I'm learning. Learning slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So after your, so you went to, you guys went to Colorado, I think that was last year, right? When you you went there with Anthony and couple other guys or something yeah anthony and then uh uh my wife's cousin colin okay one of my main hunting buddies we always hunt together and then uh, anthony's buddy matt um so we had all we originally had planned on going to montana which i had been drawing every year without an issue until uh i think social media has kind of blown up all over the counter scene in montana and now it's not over the counter oh yeah Um, (laughs) So we did not draw Montana, so backup plan, uh, we ended up going to Colorado, which the unit I hunt in Colorado, it's a one-point unit. It's fairly easy to draw. Okay. Um, So we got in there, and uh, we all got tags, uh, draw deer tags, and then it's over the counter for elk. Oh, okay. Um, Nice. And uh, it's it's not a hard hunt. It's a... you're in low sage country. I think most of the units between like five and eight thousand feet, which is not high in Colorado. That's, that's yeah. the winter grounds for a lot of these deer and elk. Yeah. Um, so it's just like a late October hunt. Uh, we're kind of hoping for weather to push these deer and elk down out of the mountains, pushing down into the winter ranges. Um, the season's only a week long, but maybe the last few days of the season, like towards the beginning of November, you might catch some pre rut activity as well. Yeah, um, but it's 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 a deer factory, man. Deer densities are crazy there. Um, it's not uncommon to go see a hundred or more deer a day. Oh, that is crazy. Um, yeah, it's a uh, their their wildlife management program is light years ahead of ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. I know you just but uh, uh, you hear people's stories of seeing like like you said a hundred deer or just whatever it is even if it's 30 dude like you don't see that here it's oh absolutely not man i'm like you hunt, hunting a zone or b, or b zone i mean it's if i see 30 deer in a season <laughs> yeah it's doing all right yep um but uh yeah so out in colorado uh you, i mean you're covering country man that's the best thing you can do is uh it's a it's a real checkerboard unit it's I think maybe 50% public land. Okay. Um, probably less. I'd have to look. But, yeah, there's just little parcels of BLM and then these uh, state trust lands, they call them, um, which are you're allowed foot access only. You can hunt those. Um, and you're just kind of, I mean, the most valuable piece of equipment there, I think, is your window mount for your spotter because you're driving and glassing, <laughs> driving and glassing. Yeah. And just covering tons of ground, man, until you uh, – I mean, shoot, half the deer you see are on private, but they're moving around so much, and there's so many little pieces of BLM uh-huh. um, that you're kind of you're just playing the game, man, and keeping an eye on them and watching them until they cross over, and hopefully they start checking those a little bit, and uh, they'll wander off onto the onto the public ground. Yeah. Um, so we ended up, uh, I think, opening day, we didn't. Uh, we didn't connect, but then I, I ended up killing my buck on Sunday, following day. 
Uh-huh. Um, and the same, shit, I, I had that tag the year prior as well. Got lucky and drew it with no points this time. <laughs> oh, right on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I ended up, I have this little hole, man, I call it the murder hole. <laughs> it's this, this little canyon that just it's not even far off the road man it's a trip um it's probably 400 yards off of the main road that you got to walk to go to glass it oh yeah it, and it gets passed up by 90 percent of the people huh and it seems like every time i just crest that little hill and glass it first thing in the morning there's always deer down in there Damn. um it's been consistent for me so uh, came up over the hill, glassed up. Uh, there was a, a handful of bucks down in there with some does, and it looked like they were starting to get a little pre-rut going on. They were just checking. I'm not full on chasing them, but just hanging near them. And uh, they made their way over the, the next ridge, though, before I could get set up and get a shot. So me and Anthony bailed out of the truck and uh, went for a little hike, probably. By the time we caught up to him on that other opposite ridge, it was maybe a quarter mile, a little more, not uh-huh. far from the road. Yeah. And uh, come up over the ridge, and there ended up being like seven bucks total um, just feeding. And uh, they were a little over 400 yards when we first glassed them up, but they had no idea we were there. Uh-huh. And uh, so we both got set up on our guns and trying to – Get, you know, figure out for a little, I mean, it's not super far, but far enough if you want to get steady. So I chose to lay down across my pack. And then uh, Anthony's trying to set up every which way, man. It was it was kind of a shit show, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to prop his gun up on his pack, and then he ends up laying down. And um, I, at this point, I hadn't really given the deer a good look. I seen there was, there were some shooters in there, and, uh, but I hadn't really looked at him close. I was more trying to help Anthony get set up and give him first shot. Yeah. And then, a, you know, a couple minutes went by, and I, I just let him sort his stuff out, and I'm looking through my scope, and I look at the the buck that ended up shooting. I get a good look at him, and I told Anthony, like, I'm not going to wait any longer, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, that, that, that's a solid bug, man. One of us got to let one fly here soon, though. If they're going to catch on to us, we were kind of skyline where we were. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he just, you know, he, he'd gotten a little frustrated and said, all right, man, go for it. Just shoot. I'll spot you. Yeah. I take a shot and I connect, but the deer doesn't really do much, man. It kind of stands there. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I rack another round in and then, uh, they started to trot a little bit. I shoot again. Boom. I hear a smack and I know I hit him again or no, actually I take that back. I missed my second shot. And then the third shot, I rack another shell in, and he's trotting, and I connect on the third one. Okay. And that one looked like he was hurt. He was hurting pretty good, and they were starting to go over the ridge line that they were on. Yeah. So all the deer file out of sight, and then there's a, a little ravine on the backside. They go through there, and they pop up on the next ridge over. At this point, they're probably they're just over like 600 yards. Uh huh. Um. But I don't see my buck with him, so I got a good feeling that he went down in that ravine. He didn't come back out. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to get Anthony set up now. Like we both practice at that distance, so um, the deer stop at that range, and 
I'm pulling my rangefinder out of uh, my pouch trying to get an exact yardage on them, man, and it's packed full of snow. <laughs> um, so I unzipped my bino harness and uh, to get an initial range, and then I never zipped it closed again. I used one of those Alaskan guide creations. Yeah. Harnesses. And uh, I filled the front pouch up with snow, man. And uh, <laughs> my rangefinder was useless. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, is Anthony did the exact same thing when he initially laid down. Really? So both of us have snowpack rangefinders that are useless. So we're just guessing. We probably shouldn't even have shot, but just guessing yardage, swinging lead at these deer. And he's basically like drawing a silhouette around them. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> trying to hit them. And then finally we just, this is pointless, man. We're not doing ourselves, not doing any good here. Yeah. <laughs> so we gave up, and uh, those deer kind of filtered off. But we worked our way over there to that to where that deer was, and um, this is my first year shooting uh, lead-free ammo for deer. Oh yeah. So I switched over to the the Barnes LRX, the long-range ammo. Uh huh. And uh, so I know, like, I can see the tracks in the snow where these deer were. Like, I have a rough idea where my buck was, but. I don't see any blood, nothing. Oh, wow. I can't find anything. And I'm, I follow the tracks of the herd. Like I said, there was like seven of them. So I follow the tracks down for, shit, probably 150 yards, and I can't find my deer. Damn. Um, nowhere. And I heard the smack, and he was limping good. So um, Anthony and I both split up and kind of worked uh, north and south on this ridge, up and down, up and down. It's Finally, probably after 30 minutes or so, I finally, there, plus there's a bunch of other deer tracks in the area in the snow. They've been using that, that ridge quite a bit. Yeah. Um, finally, I find a few drops of blood. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm on the right track. That deer went almost 200 yards with a bullet through the top of his heart, like through the top ventricles or whatever. Oh, damn. And, uh, yeah, dude, that bullet just poked a tiny hole through him. The entry and exit wound was the same size. Damn. Um, both bullets, actually. And they were both right, you know, in a pie plate, right behind his shoulder. Shit. And, uh, so <laughs> I don't, I mean, accuracy-wise, they they shoot real good for me, but um, I wasn't too happy with that. That freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Did you, have you switched since then? Switched around since then, or? I haven't, man, so I said, you know, later on down the week, I ended up filling my other tag, and it was no issue. They did expand. So I don't know if it was oh, just wow. luck or I have no idea. Maybe huh. it was the animal. The second animal was an elk. So, oh yeah, um, that's right. Body size, bone density, whatever. You know, all that shit plays into into your bullet expansion. Yeah. Um. But as far as deer goes, um, I'll have to shoot a few more animals with them before I totally come up with a, a decision on what I'm going to do there. Can't yeah. base it off of just one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but so we ended up finding the deer. He ended up being my best buck so far, so that was awesome. I got to kind of share that with Anthony, and it was a little bit of a shit show, but it worked out good. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice buck. Nice big four buck. Yeah, huh? yeah, he's a little crabby on one side. But he's a solid buck. He's a shooter for that area for sure. Yeah. Um... Right on. And then uh, I believe was the next person to tag out was Anthony. Okay. Um, and I think it was later that evening, actually. Yeah, same day. Um, we ended up 
getting on the shit uh, driving around glassing again, man. Somebody had pushed a group of deer from the canyon below us, like the canyon below that we were driving over the ridgeline. Yeah. And uh, like a group of does and a, a decent 4x4 four four come running right across the road in front of us. Um, <laughs> so we locked the brakes up, pulled the truck over, and they weren't slowing down. They probably went out, yeah, probably like 350 yards before they stopped and kind of slowed down. Yeah. So we kind of jogged out off the point uh, off our left side and got set up on them, and Anthony was able to take that butt. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's eventful day. Nice, couple dude. bucks down. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Looks like all, all four of you guys got one, huh? Yeah, that was, and then the next day would have been Monday. That's when uh, Colin and Matt both got theirs. Oh, they got theirs uh, on the same day, too? Yeah, we were uh, not being too, I mean, I, I kind of, because no one else had hunted that unit besides me. Uh-huh. And, uh. It's not a trophy unit by by any means, but I kind of told everyone, dude, with a, a little bit of patience, um, over a couple of days, we all, everyone ought to be able to come home with a four point deer. Yeah. Um. So that was the goal, which we all got. You know, they both shot three by fours, but we all came home with four point bucks. And, Hell yeah. Um, yeah. No, no crazy pack out there. You know, instead it's driving around and glassing from the truck and making little stocks here and there and just covering a lot of country. Yeah, um, like, like antelope. Not your epic... Exactly. That's, <laughs> there's a shit ton of antelope there, too. Yeah. It's not your epic backcountry hunt, man, but there's good deer there, good numbers, and it's just a good time, man. Oh, hell yeah. Um, That's awesome. And then I think later on, uh, I mean, the whole goal was to fill the deer tag on decent bucks as quickly as possible. That way we could run up into the mountains and uh, do some elk hunting. Uh-huh. Um, like I mentioned before, it's over-the-counter elk tag. So we ended up meeting up with, uh, just coincidentally, Andy or Anthony is friends with, uh, you know who Matt Selvin is? He, he runs Mountain Native. Oh, clothing. yeah. Yeah. So he, he's hunting the unit just below us. Um and uh, he had elk hunted up where we wanted to go. So we ended up meeting up with him and uh, getting a little information from him. I had never elk hunted that area, just deer hunted. Uh-huh. And uh, he shared shared some spots with us. And, you know, I owe a bunch of credit to him for this. But we got a little bit of weather. It actually, it, the uh, temperature dropped quite a bit the day that I filled my elk tag. It was like two degrees that morning. And uh, we got like a, <laughs> yeah, we got like a foot of snow overnight. Yeah. And a bunch of elk came filing out of the mountains, man, down into the winter ground. Okay. And uh, so it, rather than go hike way up at 10,000 feet where, you know, do your epic backcountry thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big, big uh, believer in, you know, hunting where they are, not where you, where you want them to be. Yeah, for sure. So I figured with with all the with all the snow and weather, man, these animals are going to migrate down into the low country. We need to focus on that. Yeah. And shit, man. As we were driving to the area that uh, that Matt had told us about, um, my my bull comes running right across the road, dude. Public ground, about I don't know five six hundred yards in front of us. Uh huh. So we jumped out and got a little closer to him. He wasn't totally spooked and. 
it was a free for all, man. That all four of us were there, and I was just the first one to get steady on my gun. Ended up putting a bullet in him, slowing him down, and then uh, I actually wasn't sure if I hit him on the first shot, so I quickly racked another round and shot again. <laughs> and then that second round, I saw him start to backpedal a little bit. Yeah, and I figured, okay, he's done now. I got him. Nice. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's not not some crazy mountain hunt, but I'm there with all my buddies. Got to share the experience and killing tags, and it's a, it's a real good time. Hell yeah, man! Sounds like it. Yeah, that's awesome. That feel, that was a good start to your to your year. Your freezer was nice and full by then already, huh? And you weren't even done yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got actually. Yeah, I got three three freezers out in the garage. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that problem yet. I just have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last year was good, man. Which actually, I don't know if you've seen on my 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 story, but uh, I just lost the whole freezer full of meat. And oh, that, did you? That hurt pretty bad, dude. Yeah, I, and it's my own fault, man. I. uh I was trying to leave some of the meat in, in cardboard boxes to kind of help stack it higher in there, you know, yeah. be more efficient, use more room. And I, I spun the, the temperature knob inside the freezer all the way to the warmest setting. Yep. And knocked it off. So it was just like a slow death over like a week, a week and a half of that thing warming up just enough to where all the meat thawed out. And, uh, yeah. yeah, by the time I caught it, it was too late, man. I lost shit. I don't. It was, I guessed it to be probably three hundred fifty or four hundred pounds of meat. Oh man, what a bummer, so dude! Brutal. It's yeah. It's so like, it's so horrible that that happened. I might, I might have commented on your story. I don't know because I, the same thing happened to me, except I didn't. I had already just about finished the, the the deer that I had in there. I mean, I had some duck in there and, like, some fish or something, but um, PG&E came and, and changed out one of my meter or my meter at my house, and, like, it was enough to trip the GFI that was, like, feeding, you know, that the, that the freezer was plugged into. And, like, one day I went out there and, like, there was just blood dripping out of the bottom of my ice chest or my uh, my cooler oh man dude it was and then it, it, so yeah it was the same thing it had just been sitting there for i don't know a week or something just like slowly warming up and thawing out and dripping everywhere it was freaking like heart-wrenching yeah dude it's, it was brutal it was a lot of money <laughs> yeah a lot of money and it's yeah it's just i don't know it's a shitty feeling um, but yeah that wraps up kind of i mean my deer hunts and stuff like that for for last year. For last year, I did year. a lot of pig hunting too. <laughs> did you? Yeah, yeah. I saw you got a decent one earlier this year, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one uh, was just a quick run down there. That was a rifle hunt. Um, it's been a while since I shot a pig with my rifle, so I want to get out and do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to. Uh, I like I talked to you before about it, but I hunt a lot with uh, with frontier hunting with Clay. He's a buddy of mine, and he runs a real good operation down there, man. I think it's worth every penny to go check out that uh, that ranch that he's got down there. It's yeah. a first class experience. Is that where you is that where you shot that pig at? Yeah, um, 
Right on. Yeah, I used to have a ranch here locally or in Napa that I had access to that I could hunt. Uh huh. Um, and then they uh, they ended up selling it. Um, so I can't. I don't have any private property access to hunt pigs anymore, and you know, really, I just don't have the time to get away from work and the family that it that it takes to go kill a public land pig, at least near near where I live. Yeah. Uh, you're talking a couple hour drive and it's so hard to narrow pigs down on public ground you know you stumble across them every now and again but uh-huh. um, by the time you get one you've probably made half a dozen trips or more you got to count gas time away from your family like how much is your time worth to you you know it's it's at least for me yeah. I'd rather spend the money and go down somewhere where I know I have a good chance of being successful and going run into animals and not like I can't go do it on public ground, but you got to yeah. pick and choose your battles, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, yeah, especially, like, you know, if your passion is, like, deer hunting, like, you'd rather spend that time doing that and, like, like you said, pick your battles and spend your time away from the family doing what your passion is and, like, something like a pig hunt is something you probably feel better about just taking a day trip and going and getting it done and getting some meat in the freezer and coming home to the family and... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's good to get away for a day here and there and do stuff like that. But hell yeah, I can't dedicate my whole winter out there chasing pigs on public ground, man. I got to reel it in at some point. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> so then this 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 uh, season A zone, you freaking capitalized super quick, dude. <laughs> I was like, I was yeah, like, yeah, dude. It's funny. <laughs> I just like I just like watch the California pages like especially like on opening day or something and i'm like all right dude who's gonna get it done and like i think the first picture that popped up on one of those pages was you i was like oh sweet shit that's i there's a little joke there man so i'm i'm not for the amount of time that i spent hunting or spend hunting and effort i put into it i'm not the most patient hunter um yeah i fill way too many of my tags on opening day on animals that i probably shouldn't shoot i should probably cast but uh, um, I just I I like to shoot stuff, man. Have <laughs> a good time hunting. It doesn't matter if it's a fucking horn or whatever. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I still until until I stop getting excited doing it, uh, I'm gonna keep shooting them. So, <laughs> um, that's a good buck though for but, uh, for archery for a zone for opening day. Like I don't know. I would. Yeah, he's decent. So I I. Uh, I have a piece of property here here near town, near Vacaville, where I live, that I can hunt. It's a it's a small chunk of uh, agriculture land. It's like 170 acres. Uh huh. And uh, it's I don't know if it's wheat or what they grow, some type of grass, like knee high grass they grow out there. And then there's there's three like heavily wooded thick creek lines that kind of intersect the property. Yeah. And uh, that's like the bedding cover you know what i mean the deer bed down on that creek uh-huh. uh so um I, it's 15 minutes from my house i get to spend a ton of time out there scouting and watching the animals and i pretty much know every deer that lives on the property come season uh-huh um so i can kind of pick and choose you know uh and be more selective but i kind of told myself you know with having the new baby here um the first decent buck that gave me an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I was going to, I was going to send it, man. I was happy to fill a tag. Yep. That makes sense. So, uh, 
Yeah, opening opening morning, even even with the private access, opening morning, I went out and hunted public ground with a couple buddies. Uh huh. And uh, well, I think we glassed up like one small legal buck, like a tiny legal buck, and then a couple does, and didn't really see much, man. And you know, we hunted for like a half day or so, made my way back to the truck around noon, and then uh, I decided. Uh, um, on the way home, like let's uh let's let's stop by this property that I was access to just just give it a look. Even though it was like a hundred degrees that day. Uh-huh. Um I know the bedding bedding areas pretty well, so um I figured we'd just go through the property and check a couple of the different uh beds that I know they use pretty frequently and I think the third one that I checked ended up having that book and a smaller one with it. Yeah. So I I uh, I parked the truck a little ways away, and I kind of sneaked down into the creek where I know they bed. There's a little bench, like almost like a sandbar type thing in the creek. Yeah. Um, with some real tall grass, and it's shady pretty much all day. They like to lay down in there. So I worked my way in there, and uh, I bumped the deer that I shot, and then a smaller forked one, and they end up taking off down the creek line. Uh, so I come back out of the creek, and I hustle down to cut them off. And uh, I kind of have an idea. Like, I know where most of the escape routes and trails are on the property, so I have an idea where they're going to pop out. I've been hunting there since I was, like, 16. Okay. Um, so almost 15 years now. So I, I make my way over to the trail that I think they're going to pop out on, and sure shit, man, the little forky comes out first. Uh, he looks right at me and head down, keep going. And uh, the bus that I ended up taking, he comes out the same opening but he's a little lower and uh, he's real close like 22 yards and uh all i have he pokes his head up out of the creek and all i have is from his neck up like neck throat patch and head looking right at me yeah. and uh i'll probably get shit for this man but i practice enough so i just put it right on the white of his throat patch under his chin yeah and let it fly hammered him right in the neck right and, on uh, yeah, he, he went maybe 80 yards and fell over dead. <laughs> nice. Um, so it, it was quick, but super happy to fill the tag. And I had my buddies with me there again. So I'm I'm big on hunting with people, man. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that keeps my spot secret and stuff like that. I like to share the experience with as many people as I can. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm, I've noticed that about just following on social media and just kind of tagging along or whatever but notice the you seem to hunt with with people a lot. it looked like you went and hunted with uh anthony a couple times he 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 could he, he filled a couple tags like two days in a row this year didn't he <laughs> yeah yeah that's the uh so yeah that was my and that was another deciding factor so i knew i had him coming um from out of town mm-hmm. uh he was going to come down and hunt my ranch with me for for like three days or four days the second weekend of the season. So I figured I'd fill my tag as quickly as possible. That way we could just focus on him. Yeah, that's Um, cool. I had no idea it was going to go as well as it did. You know, I figured, (laughs) I told him we'd most likely get opportunity. You know, I'm not guaranteeing anyone a buck. It's bow hunting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But shit, man, I picked him up Thursday from the airport at like 3.30. And we dropped our luggage off at the house, or his luggage off at the house. Went out and shot a couple arrows just to make sure the bow was still on. 
and uh, we were out at the ranch by like six o'clock that evening. And shit, I think by like six forty-five or seven, he had a he let an arrow fly. Man, he already drew blood on a deer. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just very lucky. We ended up finding these bucks bedded in an area that I see him using all the time, and we got into I want to say I think it was thirty-one or thirty-three yards or something. Uh huh. On that uh, that first just a, a little forky little hard horn buck. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a hard not a hard shot but the deer were they had gotten up there was a spike a little stag and then uh, that forked one bedded together and uh they had all got up and started to move they seen us coming through there so they were just kind of filtering through some real thick stuff so i told anthony it's it's 30 ish yards you know draw your bow back and wait for him to come through the opening so he's standing there in full draw for a few seconds and letting them go letting them filter through till his buck finally gave him a shot and uh, so the deer was moving. He ended up hitting it a little far back. Uh huh. Um, but he caught an artery. He got very lucky because the deer went down within fifty yards. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just super stoked. It worked out real good. That's cool. Was that his first? But was that his first archery kill? Yeah, it was his first archery buck. Yeah, yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah, I was all. So, yeah, pumped. I was pretty pumped for him. Yeah, I was happy to be a part of it, man. I was glad I got to be there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then shit, man, like the very next, I know what, we took it easy the next day. We slept in and, and deboned all the meat. And, um, I don't think we connected or did any, did well that day, but the following day, um, I think it would have been Saturday, uh-huh. uh, we went out and uh, that's when he ended up getting on that three-pointer. Uh-huh. Um the bigger of the two bucks. Yeah. And, uh, same thing, just checking spots, man, checking bedding areas while it's still hot out. We got out there, I think, around 5, or five 5.30 when it's still pretty warm out. And uh, I come over the creek looking, and uh, that buck, I could just see his rack poking up out of the grass, like in the shady spot. So I backed off, told Anthony, there's a good deer in there, man. Go ahead. It's going to be sub 30 yards. Go ahead and draw your bow back and step up over the edge and look down into the creek. And uh, he, the deer locked eyes with him, I guess. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I just watched from, from you know, from a distance. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that buck made eye contact with him, and they just had a stand down at full draw. He was bedded down facing him. And rather than waiting for him to stand up and maybe blow it, Anthony put it right on his neck, you know, just above the sternum. Uh-huh. And hammered him. The arrow went in him lengthwise. And that deer, you know, he ran a little farther, maybe 75 yards or something. Okay. And fell down dead. Yeah, but that was a solid buck. Ended up, uh, he makes Pope and Young. I think he scored 105 or something. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, so it makes the buck. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, yeah, it looks like a good buck. Yeah, he's gonna, I think he's, he's gonna end up getting that one mounted. Yeah. Hell yeah, I would. That's cool. Yeah, I was, yeah, I don't, I, I like to hunt with as many people as possible, man. Even if I don't have tags, it kind of drives my wife crazy. I know because yeah. she knows even when I'm tagged out, uh, <laughs> the season's I'm not, not over. Done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'll probably, I'll probably have to stop doing that so much here now. Yeah, yeah, it gets, yeah. I gotta gets tough. Spend a little more time at home. Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. Are you? Do you think you'll? Uh, are you? Are you much into big into bear hunting? 
What's that? Do you bear hunt much? Uh, not a. I, I'm going to this year. Yeah. Um, I usually carry a bear tag on me, and I've yet to connect. I missed a bear last year in Bison. Uh huh. Um, just a fluke. It was like I don't know, 450 yards, and he was on a trot. I tried to send one, and I ended up shooting behind him. Okay. Um, but I am going to get more into it now. It's something I've been wanting to do for a little while now. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, same here. I I haven't. I've always I've I've always carried a bear tag. I just never really like focused on it. But I think after, well, if I have an opportunity, period, I'm going to take it this season, whether it's deer season or not. But definitely, if I don't have my, if I have my, or if deer season's over, I'm gonna I, I want to focus on it until the end of this year. If I haven't filled my tag yet, I'd like to push yeah, a little, little bit harder on it. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I have some A-zone areas that are, you know, within a couple hours of home, hour yeah. and a half, um, you know, that I do, I do see bears in. Uh-huh. Um, they they kind of hide out during rival season just because A-zone gets pounded by people so much. Yeah. But I was thinking about taking a walk back in there into some of those areas come October because A-zone ends the end of September, the rifle. Okay. So as soon as it starts to cool down a little bit in October, um, I'll look at some of those areas. But at the same time, I'll have a bear tag and be up in D zone as well, which is October. So yeah, um, I'm hoping to focus more on that. And then uh, if I'm unsuccessful filling that tag in uh, D zone, then I'll move back to A zone late, you know, November-ish. Yep. And uh, hunt some of that lower to the oaks. You know, they're all dropping acorns by that time. I think the bears kind of hone in on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be fun to. I don't know. Like, I think a bear. Like, do you do you ever film any hunts just for fun? Like for to keep whatever memories or whatever. I haven't filmed any. I've had a few of mine filmed. Like I've had Anthony film some of my stuff. There's some stuff on YouTube. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, there's some pig hunts and stuff on there. Uh, some okay. archery pig hunts that Anthony did for me. Oh, what what page, um, What channel is that on? It's on his. I think he just typed in his name. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Anthony Cuomo. He's got his own little YouTube channel. There's a pig hunt and some ram hunts and stuff like that from some buddies of mine. Okay. Um, he does a real good job, man. Yeah, but I haven't gotten it. I just don't have the time for that, man. And yeah. The budget to buy cameras. and Yeah, I'm too focused on trying to fill my tags. and. Yep, I know. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, yeah, same here. I just, I, I don't know, like, for the kind of for the first time this year, I was like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to like, especially like bear hunting or or like doing like what like the pig thing or something. It'd be easy to to like, because you're already probably with friends and buddies and stuff. So it'd be cool to like film your buddies' hunts or whatever. Just thinking about doing it, kind of fun. Definitely, I think pigs are made for that, man. That's that's a good one to get. Or turkeys too. Turkeys is. A, have you done much turkey hunting yet? I haven't, man. I haven't really dug into it. I just, I I have turkey hunted like one time. I just never, I've never really gotten into it. I don't know why. Everybody everybody says though it's like, like people aren't into it, but then once they. You know, once you're once you once you actually dive into it and have turkeys in your face, then people get hooked. So I haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> I love it, man. That's that's probably my second favorite. I pretty much gave up duck hunting 
and pheasant hunting just uh-huh. for turkeys and deer, man. That, really? that I spend so much time doing that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and bow hunting specifically, man. I haven't killed a turkey with a gun in years, but really, archery hunting them is a is a whole other level to it. Um, yeah, makes it that much harder. You know, draw your bow concealed and yeah, uh, actually, you know, actually call them in. You know what I mean? That's one thing to spot and stalk them or whatever and sneak up on them and shoot them. But to get a bird coming in, decoyed, kind of do it that way. It's a lot of fun, man. Hell yeah. 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 I bet it is. I, I know the, I think like, I don't know if it's comparable or not, but like, like when you're duck hunting, it's like pass shooting is one thing and it's like, it's still fun, but like getting the birds to like commit and work and like come in tight. Like that's when it's like more fun. You know, it's like, you know you you know you did everything right and actually took a little skill to get there. Oh yeah, I know. I duck hunted for years, man. I was a I was a refuge rat, man. I spent a lot of time out duck hunting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do. I, I made back when I was in junior college. I like worked my whole school schedule around it, so I had Wednesdays off just really? so I could go hunt the refuge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think people, dude, people's what kind of pushed me away from that. There's just, yeah, there's no respect for other people's, you know, space and the rat race it takes to get out there. And I know, it's, it kind of killed it for me, man. That's all. Yeah, it is kind of ridiculous sometimes. I try to just ignore it, but it's definitely there. <laughs> <laughs> it just got to me over the years, man. I just, there's other ways I'd rather spend my time. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I get it. But yeah, dude. What do you, so for this this coming season you got so you got D you got D zone, right? D as in dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then I have uh I also I got Colorado again. Oh, did you? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I've been yeah, three I've years been in a row there. then, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I got a I got Colorado deer, and then uh, I have a cow elk tag this year. I figured that I just I'm not a huge elk hunter, man. I'm more just kind of opportunistic with the elk. If I can pull an elk tag wherever I'm going, yeah. Um, I'll throw it in my pocket, the same as the bear tag. And if I run into them, I get them. If I don't, I don't. Yep. Uh, I, I love deer hunting more than anything. But yeah, I got figured I'd get a cow tag this time and save a couple hundred bucks. There you go. Yeah, I just want the meat anyways. So. Yeah. And you can afford that crib. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that trip. Hell yeah. I was thinking, save that couple hundred bucks on that cow tag, and then you can af- afford uh, that crib or that stroller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just starts adding up, dude. Uh it's coming, yeah. I know she's still little right now, man. She's a uh, she just turned two months two months the other day. Yeah, yeah. She's cute, man. Big old brown eyes, dude. Yeah. Like I said, I got three daughters, yeah. so it's, man, handful, dude. Yeah, I'm done for, man. Yep. Well, shit, dude. Is there anything else you want to cover, dude? Or I'm good. I don't know if you want to. You had mentioned something about the skulls. You got any questions about oh, yeah. those or anything? Yeah, or? no, definitely. I totally forgot about. We can that. go over a little bit of that if you'd like. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, so Kyle, I didn't even introduce who I was talking to. <laughs> it's Kyle oh, Sibley. Good, it's Kyle Sibley. 
No, but uh, yeah. So you so you basically started a a company, right? A taxidermy company. Yeah, just simply skull works, man. I just do the the skull cleaning, European mount. Um. So then you have and uh, yeah. So on social media or whatever, you're what is your where, where, where can people find you at? Yeah, Sibley, my last name, S-I-B-L-E-Y, Skull Works. It's all one word. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I started, I mean, I've done my own European mounts for a few years now. Um, I think I started doing them probably back in, like, 2015, 2016, something like that. Yep. And uh, I figured I got halfway decent at it. I was doing them for some friends and family and stuff like that. And... Uh, Looking for a way to make a little more money, you know what I mean, and and uh, not not take so much from my own uh, paycheck towards my hunting stuff. So just trying to figure out a way to, you know, fund yep. my hunting trips. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that's kind of what drove that. So I started the Sibley Skull Works thing, and it's just been steady, getting busier. You know, I think I've been doing it for like three years now. So. Um, every year it seems to be a little more and a little more. And, uh, I boil all the skulls, man. I don't, I don't have beetles or anything like that. Uh huh. Um, and I seem to be, uh, it, it blows my mind that some of these local taxidermists charge for the same thing for a boiled skull. Yeah. Um, I just, I saw an opportunity there. They charge, you know, out the ass. Some guys two, 250 bucks for a European mount. Uh-huh. Not uncommon. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't imagine someone charging that for the amount of time it takes or effort it takes to do it. So, you know, I, I think I pretty much match or beat most guys locally price-wise. And I think, you know, now I've gotten halfway decent at it. I turn out a decent product for an affordable price. Hell yeah. And, um... It's been fun, man. I get to meet a ton of people doing it. Uh, yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, everyone wants to talk about their deer and their elk and whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, you get to hear everybody's story. It's a great way story. to meet people. <laughs> exactly, you know. Yeah, that's cool, man. So, so, um, so you kind of specialize in the euro in the euro stuff, right? Yeah, I don't do any real taxidermy yet. I've been considering. Uh, starting to get into that but it's so time consuming like yeah you know i I just have enough time to hunt for myself and i do these zeros on the side and i work full time still you know out of the refinery so i'm busy enough hell yeah i don't need to get into the actual taxidermy stuff uh, that makes sense hell yeah yeah but like the soul cleaning do i keep out a lot of animals too for guys that want them they want to send them to a, a certain taxidermist or something uh-huh maybe save on shipping or something like that, you know? So, um, I can cape out the animals, freeze the hide, skull cap it. That way you don't have to try to freeze an entire head and hide together and ship it somewhere. Um, I help a lot of people out with stuff like that too. Right on. That's cool. Yeah. I saw one of your, one of your latest posts, you showed how you make like a really minimal cut on the head and like, yeah, a lot of a lot of guys will split it down the back the whole way, which is not a big deal. Most good taxidermists sew that up, and you can't tell. Yeah, but uh, at least uh, as few stitches as possible is the way to go, man. It just comes, or you know, 
produces a cleaner product. Yeah, for sure. Makes it a lot easier on the taxidermist. Yeah. Is there a is there anything you recommend as far as like people um like something that they can do to like do to the deer to make it easier for you or like is there a is there a certain time frame that you want to get that that hide off of the skull that makes it easier for you you wouldn't believe the the stuff that people give me man i get (laughs) i get deer heads that have been sitting in people's yards for years really like uh, unskinned brain still in them lower jaw still attached dude just freeze-dried jerkied onto the onto the skull and they bring it to me you know hey can you can you make this look right but the horns are all bleached out on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely, man. I think uh, if anybody, if yourself or anybody else, you know, wants to know how to do them or has any questions, man, I'm an open book. I don't, you don't have to just send your deer to me. If you want help of someone talking you through how to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm more than happy to answer questions. It's the same way I got started doing them. You know, someone someone talked me through the right way to do it yeah um but i think the biggest thing man if you're going to take your animal to a taxidermist or if you shoot uh an animal um if you can freeze it with the hide on first thing you take an animal um cut it off right at the base of the skull like don't Try not to leave that last vertebrae on there. I get a lot of animals that still have a few vertebrae attached to them. Uh-huh. And it's just a pain in the ass. It's just more work for me or whoever your taxidermist is to go through and debone all that stuff. Okay. Um, and break that away to get the brain out. So try to get all the vertebrae off and then uh, leave the hide on the animal. One thing I see a lot is a lot of guys will try to skin out the skull, you know, to save the taxidermist to whoever some time. Yeah. And, uh... They end up, they just haven't done it enough. They end up putting a lot of knife marks in the bone. Oh, yeah. And uh, they scar it up pretty good. And uh, you can't get rid of that. Um, There's no coming back from that. Okay. So the best thing to do would be, at least for me, I prefer frozen with the hide on and then I'll do the skinning. Yeah, yeah. Um, That way it just comes out as clean as possible. Um, if it is, you know, say you shoot something out of state, uh, if you're transporting, uh, meat or skulls across state lines, or at least into California, um, you can't have any brain matter or, uh, spinal cord attached to it. Uh-huh. Um, so the best thing you can do is you're going to have to skin that, that head out yourself. So, um, I can, re- all I can recommend is keeping the spine of the knife down towards the skull always keep the blade away from the skull that way you don't scar it up so much um as you're skinning it and then use a a flathead screwdriver or a multi-tool good thing to have around and work that around the antler bases Uh instead of tearing them up with the knife trying to get the hide around or off of the antler bases yeah Uh, the flathead screwdriver is probably the best way to go um you can pry that hide off little by little all the way around the bases Okay. And then uh, with the same screwdriver or something, you're going to have to stick the screwdriver into the back of the head where the, where the spinal cord would attach. Yep. And uh, you're going to have to, like, scramble the brain up, basically. Just twist and turn and scramble that brain up. 
and then you can either take a water hose or I'll stop by like a, a, a self-serve car wash and stick the pressure washer in the back of the head and you got to blow all the brains out to bring it across or bring it back into California. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's how I recommend to go ahead and handle that. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you kind of got to do it yourself if you're bringing it from another state. But get all the brains out, get the vertebrae off, and uh, keep that knife uh, edge away from the bone as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then little like the nose and stuff, it's okay to leave the nose still attached. Uh, a lot of guys will try to cut the nose off. They end up cutting the front part of the nasal bone, stuff like that. The eyes, too. You can leave the eyes in there. Um, oh. A lot of guys will punch through the skull trying to, you know, cut around the eyeballs and get the eyeballs out. Yeah. Um, if possible, leave it frozen whole. Unless you taxidermist handle it, it'll come out better 99% of the time. Yeah. Okay. Right on, and, dude. Uh, that's about, I mean... The skulls that you do have to skin out, you know, if you're coming from a different state or something like that, uh-huh. uh, try to keep them in an ice chest or something. The longer they sit out at normal temperature in the bed of the truck, getting hit with the wind and stuff, um, the blood and the meat starts to dry to the skull and okay. grease it up, and that's hard to get off. Okay. Um, so the, the longer you can even raffinate, like, if you, if you skin your skull out and you really want, like, a real white European mouth, um, even raffinate it in, like, a wet towel or something and then throwing it in the truck just to keep all that meat and stuff hydrated on the on the skull. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll have a way easier time getting it to whiten rather than a head that's been sitting for a week with, you know, little pieces of jerky all over it. And all the grease leaches into the bone and stuff. It's hard to get that out. Yeah. Okay. So just keeping stuff hydrated is probably the best thing to keep in mind too. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Just keeping that skin hide like a little more on the wet side so when you know, when you need to peel it off or cut it off it just comes off easier, right? I mean if it's dried on there it's just gonna be all pretty much stuck, right? Yeah, you get to a, scrape it. Yeah, it's, I get a lot of them like that, and I'll end up having to soak them. Um, I got Rubbermaid tubs on the side of the house, and I'll let those heads soak for a week to two weeks sometimes uh-huh. just to uh, just to rehydrate everything so I can actually boil it and get it to come off. Okay. Um, yeah. And then uh, actually that kind of leads into another. So most of the skulls I boil, um, I've been getting more into uh, – at least the last few skulls that I've posted on my page, if you take a look. Um, maceration, you ever heard of that? No, what's that? So it's basically, it's like a slow, it's not a boil, right? It's, you got these, these tubs or tanks full of water, and you submerge the head, you know, fairly clean. Get the brain out, get it as well as possible, get, you know, as much meat off it as you can. Uh-huh. And you stick it in these tubs of water, and uh, a lot of guys will run like in the summertime here. You don't have to. The water stays between you know seventy and one hundred degrees all the time in the summertime. Yeah. But uh, as it cools down in the winter, you run fish tank heaters in these in these tanks of water. It keeps that water around eighty degrees, and it basically just rots all of the flesh off the off the skulls. Okay. And uh, you never actually have to boil them, and you get a way cleaner 
skull that way. You get to keep all of the nasal bones, um, all the sinus bones that are in there. You don't risk cooking those and damaging them as you boil them. Okay. And, uh, and actually, it comes out more like on the same level as like a beetle clean skull. Um, huh. So I, the last few that I've done came or that way, and if you look, you can see more detailed bone in the nose and stuff like that. You don't lose much bone, and the heads don't shrink as much. That's one thing that keeps a lot of guys away from boiled skulls is uh, as you boil them and they dry, the, the antler, not antlers, but the skull will actually shrink. Uh-huh. Okay. And, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't matter to some guys, but your your 25-inch buck might end up drying out at 24, 23 and a half. Okay. You know, so, um, some guys frown on boiling uh, because of that, but... The maceration thing, and it's it's been good. I get a way way uh, cleaner product doing it that way. So interesting. Okay. Again, it stinks. It stinks like hell, man. My neighbor's hate <laughs> but <laughs> I bet, dude. That's just fun. deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when you first started talking about this, I uh, made me think. I have I have a couple antelope skull caps, like capped off, but with the antlers or whatever that were at, um, yeah. they were at my, my parents had this house in Tahoe and they bought it and there was just these two antelope, uh, skull caps just in the, in the garage. And they're like, they're like, we're going to throw these away. Do you want them? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll keep them. But they're, they still have like, they still have like hide on the top, but like you said, they still have like old brain matter. Like it's it's old and crusty. It's been sitting. I don't know how old they are. They're years. Yeah. Years old. <laughs> but I I don't know what to really do with them. I, I just have them sitting on top of my garage fridge. But <laughs> are they? Uh, there's I mean, there's ways to clean them up, man. There's a lot of little tricks or tricks and uh, stuff that you know I've learned from other taxidermists just picking their brains or. Are yeah. the horns still pretty black on them, or are they kind of ashy colored? Uh, they're pretty black. Okay, yeah, they're in good shape then. Um, so that's that's another thing with the horned animals, the antelope or the the sheep and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I have to. Uh, you have to boil the horn. Uh, just enough to cook the membrane between the horn core. There's a bone inside there. Okay. And then I'll actually uh, take a hammer to them and knock the horns off of them, all the sheep and all the antelope. Yeah. And then clean that horn core up and cut it down quite a bit. I only leave about an inch, inch and a half to uh, to reattach the horn to. Okay. But a lot of guys, will, I, I've gotten a few that, like antelope that were left out sitting in the yard or whatever. I had one guy decide he was going to throw it in a bucket of water, kind of like I do. But uh, you have to remove the horns before you do something like that because that horn core has a lot of blood vessels and membrane in there uh, underneath the horn, and that's just rot and stinks to high heaven, and you'll never, you'll never keep that stink to go away a lot of times. Oh, yeah. There's something to keep in mind. You know, cows, I did a buffalo the other day. And it's the same thing. you got to pop the horns off and stuff like that, any kind of uh, horned animal. Okay. Right on. Cool, dude. Well, yeah, I like what you're doing with the with the euros. All hopefully, if I actually get something this year, I'll bring it down to you. <laughs> yeah, you can do that, man. Or I walk you through how to do it, man. I got no problem helping people learn how to do it the right way. So, oh yeah, appreciate um, it. 
Yeah, if anyone wants to ask questions, go ahead. Right Send on. Send me a message or something. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> hang on hang on the line after I hit record or whatever. Okay. But but yeah, dude, I appreciate you coming on and um we'll have to check in with you after this season and hear hear your hunting stories from this season. No, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Get on here, kind of BS some more and talk about hunting, maybe get a little more in-depth or something. Yeah, dude. Appreciate you coming on, and and I look forward to meeting, yeah. you, meeting you at some point. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Right on. Thanks, Kyle. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.